Hello, welcome to Bet's Business Book Club. Um, this month we read Daniel H. Hinks' To Sell is Human. The Surprising Truth About Moving Others. Um, I did find stuff to flag, so that was kind of cool. Me too. <laughs> my, actually, my favorite thing to flag in here was where he listed books of other books to read. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's helpful. Um, I'm going to say I didn't really find anything all that new in here. I mean, in fact, he quotes so many, he cites books that we have covered before. He talks about influence. He talks about good to great. Um, I don't even remember which other ones. And I was like, yeah, that's why some of this stuff sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> it's a good summary of all the other books. Yeah, I kind of was. I was like, well, if you didn't want to bother reading all those other ones, um, I don't know. It, I don't love this writing style. It's a lot of like examples and like long explanations. It's just not my cup of tea. I don't know. Uh, kind of lost me with this like Ed Med thing. You know what I'm talking about where he's like talking about people who are in education and medicine and how they kind of have to like sell people like they have teachers have to get their students to do stuff and doctors have to get their patients to do stuff and I'm like I get it I get what you're going for but oh, I don't know yeah that we're all selling something all the time true. it's true <laughs> it's true well, but it's not in so, the typical what? oh I was going to say like I think this this was a bad business book because one, it was completely derivative of things that anyone who reads business books has read. Right. You know, like you, you haven't picked up his book and, oh, I've never heard of Good to Great. Like Good to yeah. Great's a bestseller. This is not, <laughs> right? Like uh, he's coding the class. This was very well rated um, on Goodreads, on Amazon. Number one New York Times business bestseller. But I think it was right. so distilled down of all those other things that it was like, this is good if you've never read anything else about business. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a good place to start. So maybe that's why it's so popular. I don't know. And those things are also relatively easy to game. Uh, things Fair. come out from major publishers. They end up there. Amazon's yeah. really pretty hackable with, you know, initial reviews. We'll get it to the top of the algorithm. Um, I've gotten things to a top bestseller list on Amazon. You uh, drop your price to a penny. You run it out on kit. I'm not going to go into all the tricks, but <laughs> you uh, all your tricks, Alex. <laughs> no, I mean basically because it's just a raw quantity of number of books sold. So if yeah. you sell the Kindle version for a penny, right, and go and get a whole bunch of sales early on, you become an Amazon bestseller. So that's not to say this wasn't, and I'm sure there were people who got something out of this. I did not. I stopped reading pretty early on. And so, okay, his point that everyone's selling is the redefined persuasion as selling versus, which is in some ways it's kind of neat, right? It's the exact opposite of what influence does where influence is like, is like, sure, more or less, there's all these sales techniques that work because this is how you persuade people. And we all know how to persuade people. And that's where you see why you see influence read as a business book, right? It's not a business book inherently. Right. It's about, it's a psychology book that we read in business because we're selling. Right. So 
I like that it's the contrapositive of it, but yeah, I felt super derivative. And yeah, that was the example where I'm like, this is boring. Uh, because it's true, educators have to persuade people to learn from them. Doctors have to persuade people to follow their advice. So yes, we're all persuading yet. I mean, I guess, what was the point, right? Those that aren't in sales should learn sales, tech, sales techniques to persuade people. Like I, I didn't get where the book was going. I, I think he was trying to just have you understand that in all of your communications with people, if you're trying to get something, no matter what that something is, like get your kid to clean their room, get your patient to take their medicine, get the customer to buy your used car. doesn't matter what it is. You need to apply the same theories and techniques and, and whatnot. So I don't, I, I just don't find that such a, like an original compelling idea, <laughs> but maybe I've read so many of these things that that's why I'm like, well, of course. <laughs> Alex, you're muted. Muted. <laughs> Sorry, not trying to pivot. And maybe that's just it. Had I not read business uh, influence in business school, I might have found this insightful. But as a result, it was kind of yeah. like I'm more interested in reading the new revised, revised, revised edition of Influence than it was to get stuff out of this book. I did think there were a couple of neat things in here. I don't remember where it is, but you know, he talks about how everyone thinks um, extroverts are just inherently better at sales. And he's like, there's literally nothing to back that up. And, you know, in some ways being introverted is better because it gives you like a, a different approach because you're a little quieter, you listen a little bit more. And then when they found was really, it was like everybody who's the best was in the middle. You're like not so introverted that you're a recluse. You're not so extroverted that you just like run over everyone and plow them down with your talking. So I was like, okay, that's me. <laughs> right. I mean, there, there's a cultural trend to treat introverts as just broken extroverts. You know, it's a Hollywood trope to a point, and it's not. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not you can't interact with people. It's you don't enjoy it. Like, so I don't think it's you're better at sales because you're an extrovert, but you are far more likely to go into sales as an extrovert. I don't think. Like, it, I, don't know. I don't think it's even that. I think when you're introverted, like. I'm an introvert. If you ask me, do you want to stay home or do you want to go out? I will say, I want to stay home. <laughs> if I'm going out to like a networking or social thing, I have to get myself like pumped up to do it. I'll go, I'll be successful at whatever it is I'm trying to do that night, have fun, meet 10 new business people, whatever it is. At the end, I am exhausted because I don't feed off that energy of the crowd or, or whatever it is, unlike you, Alex. <laughs> You're muted. <laughs> right. I leave one of those events and I'm like, okay, where's next? Where's the after party? Right? Yeah, because yeah. I feed off the energy. But I don't know. I know lots of people that are introverts that are successful at growing businesses and other using sales techniques, which is, I guess, to this ties into the book because to sell is human, right? Like we all can do it. We all persuade. It's yeah. just extroverts are far more likely to pick a life path that has them doing this all the time. But, you know, like I don't like I'm an extrovert. I'm a really good computer programmer. I don't know any extroverts that have made a career of computer programming. All of us that started there moved elsewhere because we don't, even, you know, it's not a no matter how good we are, how good we are at it, it's not fun to do for 40 hours. 
if you're an, if you're an extrovert. Whereas the introverts are like, I don't understand why you would do anything that leave, makes you leave your house. This year was great. Why would we not just zoom? But I think that's an extreme. I don't think that's like normal. <laughs> I think you're you're falling out on the the periphery of that bell curve. Okay, so when I worked at Lockheed Martin as an intern, an engineering intern in like high school and college back home, um, the the guy that I worked for said there's kind of two tracks. Right? You can become an engineer and get super, super technical as you move up through the engineering levels, or you become more of like the businessy management side. In either case, you know, unless you were going to stay at that ground level entry of working there, you needed to be able to do the job and manage the people, regardless of whether you were going to be highly technical engineering side or you were going to get more and more into the business side. So I don't think anyone, I mean, I think just like if you're too extroverted that you cannot talk to anyone and you can't leave your house, you're just you're not going to really do anything, period. <laughs> right. But if you enjoy interacting with people, your career path is going to take you in the path where you interact with more people. If you don't enjoy interacting with people, you're, you're going to, you know, so those same skills can go into different, you know, fields and the unfortunate thing for introverts is so much of society is so emphasizing on this salesy, you know, concept. And, and I mean, that's what, why are there books like this? Because the half the population that's introverted uh, gets held back because even though there's nothing wrong with being an introvert, it is disadvantageous in American business culture. If you were in, if you were in Korea, it would not hold you back at all. Introverts all over the senior management team at every one of the, big conglomerates like Samsung's top people, no problem being an introvert. You're probably not rising to the top of Apple as an introvert, yeah. right? Like it, it's a business culture and you know, American business culture is very gregarious and the, that, that whole backslapping culture that's, that's celebrated in American business culture. It's not universal. It's right. really just America. Yeah. So, Japanese executives do not behave this way. Okay. You know, uh, I, that kind of though segues into another thing I liked in the book when he talks about like changing your um, uh, crap, uh, a jolt of the unfamiliar, right? He says a mini jolt, sit on the opposite side of the conference table than where you normally sit, a half jolt, you know, spend the day in a different environment than you normally do, full jolt, travel somewhere crazy. And what I really liked about that is I've not traveled so much in such crazy places, except maybe twice, Iceland and India. Right? It was so different that it definitely like changed my perspective on the world. So I thought that was really cool. Not necessarily for sales. I'm sure it can relate somehow. Uh, oh, we got, we got the wine <laughs> Uh, I don't know, um, you know, how much it really would affect me in sales, but I thought that was kind of a great life lesson. Yeah, no, I've heard that before, like brush your teeth with your left hand yeah, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. And, you know, I think part of it's a little gimmicky, but sometimes it's just the action of doing it and realizing like I'm putting an effort to try to maintain my health. Um, one of my favorite parts was this whole Bob the Builder, can we fix it kind of mentality. Cause I've heard oh, I did like that, yeah. But I haven't heard about it in this way. And um, it's, it's so much better to do an affirmation that's a question than just, I am strong because in your head you're like, 
you know you're saying it because you don't think you're strong but if you ask yourself am i strong you think of all the times you've been strong and you're like well yeah i'm strong and so i did appreciate that he brought that up and used examples yeah i did like that as well um i think actually part my favorite favorite part and alex i think you will appreciate this is when he starts talking about how sales and theater are similar because I know for me as a business person, I got so much better once I got involved in theater, like astronomically better speaker, um, better to get better able to like, uh, get across what I'm trying to get across to people. And it's not just, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Right? How do you respond to people when you have those conversations? He has a whole thing about improvisation. So that was, I think, my favorite part of the whole book. Um, and I think he had some books that he said recommended reading for that. And they were all theater books. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go read these. None of them are about, um, yeah, none of it is about business. So I thought that was really cool. Right, and it also, sorry, go on, Jordan. No, 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 you go ahead. As I say, it goes back to this, you know, selling isn't selling. Selling is persuading. Persuading is something we all do. You know, what is theater? And one of the most interesting things is with theater, it's playing to trope, right? Yeah. Uh, we are so ingrained with behaviors we've seen on television and movies that that's how we expect people to actually operate. Right. So even though it's absurd, you know, there's a certain amount of, uh, we use this example in stage combat. If you were actually in a gunfight, you're going to hide behind a big concrete block and you don't run in with a handgun against the guy who's firing a semi-automatic at you because you will be dead. But if you watch any uh, show that has FBI agents, every single FBI agent runs into the middle of the street, squares <laughs> off their shoulders and takes out the guy who's there with the semi-automatic weapon, right? And that would not be good. There's a reason you use suppression fire. Like that would be a bad tactic. <laughs> but that's what we expect because that's how the hero runs in heroic. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's the modern version of the knight running in with a sword going after the dragon. Mm. You know, that's probably not a way to survive the dragon. The dragon's going to be fire, fire at you and that's the end. And now you're, you know, dragon meat. But, yeah. you know, that is that heroic trope. So when we, ex we expect people to play the trope and then we, when we break it, we get their attention. But that's where, where does the salesperson backslapping come from? It's not inherent. You know, when I was in business school, our international, you know, uh, students were all stunned that we actually behave this way. You know, like one of the guys in my program was a German engineer, did not understand how they sat down. He got his group organized. They had the work done in like 45 minutes. Uh, and meanwhile, they're like, where are you going now? And we're like, uh, we just kind of introduced each other. Like none of us had even started doing the work, you know? And it's, so it's not inherent. You know, uh, it's a much more, you know, and it's the same way, like Miami's business culture is so different from the rest of this country. It's like, it really is just, what is the, you know, and it's a playing to a trope. And that's what makes it, what people expect the executive to look like, they, they interpret you as one. All right, sorry, that was my rambling rant. <laughs> no, you just broke up a little at the end. Yeah, you did break up, but I, I think we, we kind of get where you're going. But you know what else is interesting about that is, um, you know, if you go into a situation and the other person doesn't respond the way 
you expect if you don't if you don't have those kind of improvisational skills you don't really know what to do you're like oh well i wasn't expecting you to say that in response to you know my elevator pitch or whatever like that's not what i planned out so if you don't have that ability to say yes and and keep going and those other you know improvisational games and whatnot um you know it's hard to keep proceeding with the conversation. And I think a lot of it is confidence, you know, cause I know for me, if I'm not feeling confident that day, it's going to be a bunch of stuttering, a bunch of, ah, uh, ah, uh, like, you know, and I'm just watching myself do it and it's so uncomfortable, but you know, other days I'm on it, I'm ready to go. I can go back and forth with you. And it just depends on your confidence level, I think. Yeah, but I think, so, okay. so. There's a couple like kind of, um, what is it like when you, this, the sayings that are like are said all the time? Mm. Uh, words, words. Cliches. Yeah, cliche. Thank you. <laughs> is it like fake it till you make it? Right. Yeah. That's I think my favorite one because there are many days where I'm like, I don't want to get on this sales call. I don't want to have this client meeting. I don't want to do this tax return. And I'm like, but you know what? <laughs> I know what it feels like you know, mentally, emotional state, all that kind of things when I have done it. So I'm going to fake that until I get into that headspace and that zone. And then I can proceed forward, regardless yeah. of if I feel like it, or if I feel confident or, or whatever that day. Um, or that and uh, uh, well, no, the, that was probably the best one, the fake until you make it the other one but I was one making was one of the other. Yeah, you, know, you just gotta keep you do it. You do it. There one was second at a time. There's some like viral um, TED talk. I don't remember what the lady's name is. She's some researcher that talked about like how physiology can change like your mentality. And she has this thing about where you like put your arms up in a V and you do like these different oh, power, the poses. power stances. Yeah. And it's supposed to literally like change your brain chemistry. There have been things that I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to go do this. I'm terrified and I will like get out of my car. <laughs> stand there with my arms up like like an idiot like all right but this is gonna work <laughs> and it, it does help you know I don't know if it's just it makes that connection in your brain like well if I keep doing this particular motion I'll have that physical mental connection and it just works or uh you know if, you know maybe her research was right I don't know <laughs> it's funny the uh you know I went to the Tony Robbins seminar a few years back and, you know, the, the phrase you hear all the time is motion creates emotion or emotion. Well, yeah, motion creates emotion. And a lot of it is getting yourself into the mode and getting yourself pumped up and doing these sort of things. And if you think about it, you know, one of the things that's brought up is like tribal rituals. Like before going into battle, there's a whole, you know, tribal ritual. And, you know, what's the trope of a football team doing that in a movie before and hitting each other and getting themselves kind of pumped up? Because there is a certain amount of the physicality fires off the, the you know hormonal or you know chemical response, and that triggers a whole lot the, the in the brain. It's true. It's a thing. Um, I think actually another thing that I really liked in here, and it was <laughs> the very last page. You know, always ask and answer these two questions. If the person you're selling to agrees to buy, will his were his, ugh, will his or her life improve? 
end. When your interaction is over, will the world be a better place than when you began? And I think that really sets you in such a great like human path to try to sell because nothing is worse than those like he talks about like used car salesmen like no one wants to feel like a used car salesman right and i'll i'll tell clients where i'm like you know what you could i i could charge you to do xyz but you're not gonna be better off for it so i'm not gonna do it like i won't even do it for you and people are often shocked they're like really you you know you won't just take my money like no because it's not gonna help you like what do i need to take your money and not help you for so i like that it kind of goes back to that like um the go-giver right like being a good human <laughs> not taking advantage of people in to business give more than you get right yeah yeah exactly so that, that's kind of that's kind of all i got on this book it wasn't terrible but i think it's a, it's probably better for someone who's not read anything you know really in business go read this one yeah not a good book club book might be a good book though yeah, it wasn't a great book club look. I'm sorry, but you know what? It's got a 3.9 star rating on Goodreads, which is... Which is great. why you should never believe anything on the internet. But Goodreads? I mean, if it was Amazon, I'd be like, all right, whatever. He paid his friends to write good reviews. <laughs> but it had a lot of good reviews. All right, fine. Next time we won't do it. Um, I, I wanted to make a comment on what Alex had said about the, um, about the soldier. Uh, I was in a position not too long ago where I was extremely fearful. And I said to myself, you know what, what do soldiers do going into battle? And I equated myself to a soldier going into battle because I was really scared. It was unknown. I had no idea what was going to happen. And I felt courage and fortification knowing that I was going to go into battle and there was going to be an outcome and I was hoping and praying on the side of positivity and it really worked. It worked for me. I came out on the other side more, you know, saying, wow, this idea went into my head and I had mentioned it to a few other people and they said, oh, I never thought of it like that, but it really, it really does work. And the other thing is being a teacher for so long and standing in front of students who don't want to learn and don't want to do and et cetera, et cetera, because I go to high school. Um, uh, being up there and having play and having participated in a lot of little community plays and things and going into actress mode, actor mode really is helpful. So it's not only helpful in, it's helpful in everyday life. You know, uh, I- Absolutely is. You know, I had an appointment recently that I was supposed to go to by myself. And I said, well, I'm going to put on the, I'm going to play the drama card so I can get my husband to go with me. <laughs> Damn, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another appointment next Wednesday. I'm going to play that same drama card again. I really did need him with me, but you know, I'm going to play that card again. Little Miss Helps, you know, and boom, helps again. But it, it's really good because sometimes if you put yourself into the persona of somebody else, mm. it really helps. Like I sing in a choir and I do not like to do solos, but I always uh, imagine myself as somebody else doing it and I'm able to carry it off. So. And that's what Beyonce does too. Yeah, well, she's you know, like, you know, she super to to Alex also, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or Red Book. 
That's very true because I found myself putting myself into the shoes of a different role. And maybe that's why people have the imposter syndrome because they've become successful in this role, right? And then they're at home with whoever that they're comfortable with. And they're like, that's not me. (laughs) But the whole world's like, that person's amazing. And you're like, but that's a card. That's an actress. That's an actor. Like, that's not me. So I don't know. That's interesting to look at it that way. But you know what's funny about that is like, because we talk about this in our acting group, it might not be you, but some elements of that are somewhere within you. Yes, that's what I Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to pull it out to present it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because you are. If you find you stop doing it and then and you discover that you miss it, then you really know it is really part <laughs> of you. Now, now, what I found when I used to do full contact fighting before the match, you know, I'd be punching myself in the face with my, uh, you know, just to you know punching myself. And when I get in the ring, I start growling. And, you know, that kind of like put me into another dimension to the point where I was able to like actually walk into a barrage of punches and land what I want to land and then just, you know, back out again. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, I think I taught that to our little granddaughter, Leah. (laughs) 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 She growls. I think it's all kind of that same thing of how how is how is what you're trying to convey selling it to someone else. In fact, we even say that in stage combat, We're like you have to sell it, right? You have to make that punch look like it's real, and it's not just the person throwing; it's the person receiving. We're like, oh, you know, they're selling. So it's not that crazy of a comparison mm-hmm. or concept. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone? Anything else? Good, bad, different? No? All right. Well, next month, we have a slightly different kind of book. Hopefully, this one will be better, Alex. It's higher rated (laughs) on Goodreads. It's a (laughs) 4.12 instead of a 3. whatever, even though it could be manipulated. And it's even with less reviews, so who knows? Um, It is called Barking Up the Wrong Tree, the surprising science behind why everything you know about success is mostly wrong mm-hmm. by Eric Barker. Every every one of these business books is, has the same gist. It's like, everything you know is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Let me teach you the new truth. Let me teach you the new Let thing. Let me repeat the same. <laughs> Right. It's like, wait, I've read one of these before. (laughs) Is what they said wrong? Well, hopefully, um, I don't know. Well, it's a journey about science, so I'm hoping it's. I'm always learning. Um, You know, I'm 23, so I'm always learning. But this is like the best business school you'll have. Is make being forced to read all these books. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining. And if we're all, if no one has anything else to contribute, I think we're done. All right. Yeah. Going once, going twice. Sold. All right. See you next month. Bye. Bye-bye.